Sports, for me, is an invaluable part of life. Part of it is nostalgia. As a kid, I'd stand in front of the mirror and practice Barry Bonds' home run swing. For decades now, my days have almost had their own biorhythms, the ups and downs following the wins and losses of my hometown team. I'll never forget when Candlestick Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants, was demolished. I was driving into the city from the airport, visiting family, and saw the flat ground where the stadium used to be. It was a desolate feeling, as though the countless memories I had had as a kid inside that stadium, they were demolished too. And I worry sometimes lately that this virus is demolishing our favorite sports in a way we'll never recover from. And I know I'm not alone in this feeling. Sports have been noticeably absent from my life during this time. You can look no further than ESPN's new documentary, The Last Dance, about the Michael Jordan-era Chicago Bulls, which is all anyone could talk about this week. It would have been a whisper amid the roar of playoff basketball under any other circumstance. This astounding and unprecedented story continues to evolve uh, at halftime with Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, he has just tweeted within the past two minutes that the NBA is suspending the season. When the NBA season was canceled on March 11th, I didn't feel it at first. We were all processing so much information back then. I say back then, even though it's been a month, because let's face it, it feels like an eternity. It took a while for it really to set in, at least for now, that this regular part of my life was gone, and likely for quite some time, might never come back in the same way again. Just another sign of our broken times, and one that means a lot to millions of people in the U.S. and around the globe. I think right now, as a society, we have no idea what anything is going to look like in three, six, nine months. Um, but sports in particular stand out to me as something that's uniquely uncertain. Today, we talked to ESPN's Mina Kimes about covering sports during coronavirus and what our future might look like. What do we do now that we can't gather in crowds or be closer than six feet from each other? From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. Since last October, Mina Kimes has been hosting ESPN Daily, covering the past, present, and future of sports in 20-minute episodes every day. But in early March, the tenor of their coverage began to change. Much like everything else in the world, the specter of COVID-19 became unavoidable. Mina was at a conference on the East Coast when it happened. It started the weekend after March 12th, the weekend after the, the Rudy Gobert game. I was flying back from New York uh, when that actually happened. The Rudy Gobert game. Well, definitely. I mean, I think the goal is really for us to just keep taking it one game at a time, keep getting better. If you don't know who Rudy Gobert is, you may remember a video of him going around. In it, you can see the seven foot one center for the Utah Jazz smirking at a press conference, right as it's coming to a close. As he's exiting, he starts touching all the surrounding surfaces, the microphone, everything. He's making a joke out of the fact that there was this growing concern at the time about the spread of the virus. And then news breaks that Rudy Gobert 
uh, Center for the Utah Jazz had tested positive. Yeah, history hasn't treated his reaction too kindly. Which is very unfortunate for him because of the sort of memeability of it all. And the second that hit, everyone freaked out because they were like, wow, we can't play these games. There's a player who's been around other players and he's tested positive and now we don't know who's positive. And I think the NBA there from then proceeded to start canceling the rest of the games and that's when everything kind of blew up. We went from maybe we'll have to play with no fans to canceled in like a day. What did you think when you heard the news of Rudy Gobert uh, contracting the virus? I thought, I just brought some wipes on the plane, and this feels woefully insufficient. Uh, I was pretty worried, actually, (laughs) Um, having just been in New York for a few days. And I had been traveling, too, for like a week. I had gone to a conference the weekend before, the uh, MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, which is kind of the big nerd fest for sports. There were, you know, hundreds of people there. Um, So I was kind of processing not only what does this mean for sports, but how many people have I been around and— you know, should I get tested? I mean, it was a frenetic time. And sports, like every other pocket of the media, began to respond with increasing focus to the crisis. It wasn't long after the Gobert video and the cancellation of the season that NBA star Carl Anthony Towns released a personal and crushing video announcing that his mother had contracted COVID and that she was fighting for her life. You know, they they were just explaining to me that she had to be put on a ventilator. you know, and she was getting she was getting worse, and she was confused by everything. And I'm trying to talk to her about everything, and you know, encourage and stay positive, and you know, just talk through everything with her. I talked to her before she went there. Told her I loved her. She's been in a in a, in a medically induced coma um, since that day. She's since died. She was only 58 years old. I have a feeling we're going to look back and perhaps pair these two moments together. Her understanding of this new reality has changed so dramatically in the past month. By the second week in March, the NBA season was canceled. March Madness was canceled. Pretty much everything else followed from there. Even the 2020 Tokyo Olympics has been postponed till 2021. Could even be longer than that. And at the time, Mina and her team were scrambling to respond. Everyone was furiously meeting to discuss, oh, are we going to do our shows next week? Because I was scheduled to come into a studio. Um, And then meanwhile, on a content side, we were all discussing how much should we be covering this? Should every episode be on this? Because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody does not want to listen to coronavirus talk on sports podcasts, radio, and television all the time. In fact, a lot of people have come to us as looking for sort of escape. I've I've long felt that sometimes sports coverage can feel a little bit siloed, and sometimes it's good, right? Like we want the escape of sports. We don't want politics. We don't want current events um, interfering with the sort of timeless entertainment that is sports. It's its own world with its own gods, you know? But I think this moment has been so unavoidable. Um, it's such an unavoidable intrusion on on her experience of of sports as entertainment that it's almost like you can't get away from it. 
it was impacting so many sports so quickly with March Madness being canceled, opening day and baseball being pushed back. We felt like we had to stay on top of that. Um, by the same token, we were also trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we get off the news and start looking ahead and bringing on sort of analysts and experts with different takes. And then I think we reached this third point where all sports had really come to a halt and you're no longer just covering that news, but thinking about what else do we cover? And, and we started doing more stories that we've just been waiting to tell. Um, stories about how the pandemic has hit people in sports in, in so many different ways, from the minor leaguer or the, the college program that gets shut down, right? The worker at Staples Center who isn't sure um, how she's going to make a living, to the draft pick who wasn't able to be evaluated uh, and is going to see their draft status fall. The impact on people is so different across sports, and you never want to equate, you know, fans not getting to watch the NBA playoffs to people who are losing their livelihoods and who are ill. But we, we want to tell those stories, and then we also want to balance them with um, spinning things forward or looking to the future, I think, and not necessarily solely dwelling on what's not happening now, but trying to focus on, okay, how does this come back online? What does it look like when sports returns? Which is obviously a massive question mark hanging all over, over all of this. Um, because I think right now, that's something a lot of sports fans really want to know. Over the years, sports have become increasingly a remote form of entertainment. But still, I can't imagine empty stadiums except for players and essential staff. But it may very well be the reality in the not-too-distant future. If we have to keep a six-feet distance from one another, how could we possibly pack stadiums with tens of thousands of fans? Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Based on what you know, if you had a crystal ball right now, like what would what would the restart of spectator sports sort of look like in your mind? How how is that going to play out if we do get you know a vaccine and and if we open things back up? Well, so based on my very limited understanding of the science, I think um, sports better hope it comes back before a vaccine, <laughs> based on the timelines I've seen. Um, but I think uh, when it does. It, there's not going to be fans. I just, I cannot fathom fans in stadiums, right, before there are significant medical advances in this to ensure the safety of people. You just can't bring together those numbers of large groups of people. Um, you know, it really is about controlled environments, fanless experiences, okay? If a, if a game involves 50 to 100 people, what does that look like? It's just this huge question mark right now. And I think there's this desire amongst so many people to know whether it's even possible. And if it is possible, what will it look like? And how will it feel? Will I still enjoy it? How will it affect the actual product that I, you know, I've come to love? Um, and I think it's really such a 
bizarre moment in time for people who are working in and around sports because of how uniquely affected sports are by all of this. In sports, we often talk about momentum. A lucky call in a tight game coupled with an arena full of hometown fans, it can make or break a season. I grew up in the Bay Area, and the recent run of basketball titles for the Golden State Warriors has been a light in my life. Over the past several years, there have been an ever-growing highlight reel of moments that fans have shared. Like when Steph Curry hit an impossible three-point shot over the Cleveland Cavalier star Kevin Love in the NBA Finals. Recover, shot clock winding down. Curry's going to have to put it up, launches it up, shot clock. Oh, he knocks it down! Steph Curry with the shot clock expiring. You can hear the crowd at Oracle Arena in Oakland erupt. And I was at home surrounded by my friends and family cheering with them. It was like I was there. And a huge part of that was the crowds in the stands and even the announcers. You could feel how the moment was impacting them in real time. My goodness, mama, there goes that man. It's the shifts that can happen in a single moment of play that have fans on the edges of their seats, in the stands and at home. The alternative to this feels bleak, if you ask me. I'm wondering if you feel or are anticipating sort of this kind of hangover effect of the way that sports will be inevitably if people can't be in the, if if fans can't be in the seats, if we have to watch sports from the privacy of our isolated homes. Certain sports more than others have been so dramatically impacted by technology over the last 10 years that what you'll see is not sort of an erosion of the experience or, any sort of slowdown, but an acceleration of things that were already happening, right? Like most people already prefer to watch football games on television right now than to go to them because the technology is so good, because you're able to see what's happening. Um, Also because, you know, of the advent of social media, you're able to have conversations with groups of people and to feel like you're watching things with the crowd, even if it's just you. So those were dynamics that were already in place before the shutdown. And I can only imagine They'll be amplified by whatever comes next. Thanks for all your time. I mean, I really appreciate it. I guess my last sort of question for you, thinking about how the culture of sports is changing and the way that we are going to experience sports being sort of dramatically affected, at least for the next, you know, months or years. um, Do you see there's like a window for sports to change in any kind of fundamental way? I don't know in the future if there's just going to be drastically smaller crowds, right, at at live sporting events or concerts or anything or any sort of big event. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not what it was. Maybe in the future, even if this thing gets fixed and there's a cure and a vaccine and all that, you know, maybe we're looking at a future anyways where it's less of a live thing because there are going to be people who aren't comfortable in that sort of environment for years. I think we have to prepare for that. Hey, I'm not sure I would be, you know? Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if that's something we really see change in terms of the live, in-person side of sports. I think that's totally within the realm of possibility. I can only hope that this won't be an elegy for live sports. But for now, it seems, we'll just have to wait. Relive our favorite moments with our favorite teams and look forward to a day when it all comes roaring back. 
We asked you, our listeners, to reflect on the impact sports has had on your life, on what you miss the most right now. Here's some of what you shared with us. I miss the escapism. I miss the playoffs, the unexpected storylines that emerge during the season. Most of all, I miss sports radio providing the kind of escape it used to. Regardless of what's happening in the world, sports talk was dramatic and trivial. Now, it's real life. Sucks. I miss enjoying the community, the cheering of the underdogs, seeing athletes' hard work pay off in big moments. I miss the Olympic Games, and I miss the March Madness Cinderella stories. Thanks to David, Grant, Lou, and Megan for sharing their thoughts. We have a Facebook group now, and we'd love to hear from you there. Share your experiences and help us build a community right now in this moment when we need it more than ever. Search for Telescope on Facebook to join. We'll share a link in the show notes too. And a big thank you to Mina Kimes for speaking with us today. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Today's episode was produced by Tanner Robbins. Our editors are Vikram Patel and Catherine St. Louis. Our engineer is Scott Somerville. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear on this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. Join us on Facebook by searching for Telescope. We want to stay connected to you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. You just might end up on our show. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. Have an excellent weekend. Take it easy, and we'll see you on Monday. Monday.